Welcome to Storytime with Dad. Today, we will be reading John Henry. The night John Henry was born, the moon was red and the sky was black. The wind howled and the rain poured. Lightning flashed and thunder rolled. Panthers growled and owls hooted, and the Mississippi River ran a thousand miles upstream. Right on the stroke of midnight, John Henry was born with a hammer in his hand. His daddy looked at him and then looked out at the storm. All this goings on has got to mean something, he said. And I reckon it's telling us we ain't got no ordinary baby here. We got ourselves a real man. John Henry was awfully big and strong for a newborn baby. He grew fast, getting bigger and stronger every day. As he learned to crawl around the house, his hammer rang out. Bang! Bang! Soon he was walking, and by the time he was four years old, John Henry was big enough to help with the chores. Honey, his mom said to him one day, I know how you love that hammer, but your dad needs help hoeing the corn, so you're going to have to set down your hammer for a while. John Henry always did what his mom told him, so he hung up his hammer on the wall. Then he stared up at it and he whispered, Mama, I just know that hammer is going to be the death of me one day. John Henry worked beside his father. He weeded and hoed. He pushed a plow across the fields, and he listened when his dad told him, If you do a job, son, you may as well do it right. Before long, John Henry had learned to use an axe, a saw, and a chisel, but nothing felt as good in his hands as a hammer. At last, one evening, when he was almost fully grown, John Henry went to his dad and his mom and said, you always told me how I was a real man, and real men should do what they do best. All this hoeing and plowing ain't natural to me. I gotta go find a job where I got a hammer in my hand. His dad nodded sadly, and his mom cried a little. But they both knew John Henry was right. Go on then, son, his daddy said. You gotta find your own way and your own star so you can be what you're meant to be. So John Henry packed up his hammer and his other belongings and set off. It wasn't long before he had himself a job as a farmer again. He worked the fields from dawn to dusk under the blazing hot sun, but no one ever worked as hard as John Henry did. He'd harvest 4,000 pounds of produce a day. After a while, though, he decided he had to move on. The owner begged him to stay and offered to pay him more money, but John Henry only shook his head. Lord knows I don't mind hard work, he said, but I'm a real man and this work ain't natural to me. I need the feel of a hammer in my hand. Down the road a ways, John Henry came to the edge of the great Mississippi River. There he saw a riverboat named the Diamond Joe pulling into port. John Henry stared at it and thought, Maybe if I get me a job on that riverboat, it'll carry me far away. Some place where they got a need for a real man like me, a man with a hammer in his hand. So he went straight away and spoke to the captain. The captain took one look at him and hired him on the spot. Any employer would, for the years of hard labor had made John Henry so strong that his legs were as thick as tree trunks and his arms looked as if they were carved of iron. John Henry's job was to load the heavy cargo on board and to feed the furnace with great shovelfuls of wood and coal. The Diamond Joe sailed up and down the great Mississippi River, past big lively cities and small pleasant towns, past wide green fields and cool dark forests. There were always new places to see, but none of them seemed to have a need for a man like John Henry. 
One summer night, John Henry stood on deck and stared up at the sky. He remembered what his daddy had told him when they said goodbye, and he shook his head. I ain't found it yet, he whispered. I ain't found the road and the star for me. He looked up at the sky and wondered which of all the stars was his. Suddenly, the Diamond Joe gave a great lurch as the bottom of the boat scraped the riverbed and came to a sudden stop. We've run aground, the first mate shouted. She's sinking fast, the captain hollered. If we don't get her off this sandbar, we're going to capsize. Captain, John Henry called, maybe I can push the bow out of the mud. Then, before anyone on board could blink, he jumped off the boat into the muddy water. The mud came all the way up to his chest, but that didn't trouble John Henry. He just heaved and pushed as the captain shouted, Full steam ahead! Slowly, slowly, the big riverboat began to move forward. Dear God Almighty, the pilot cried, John Henry's pushing us out of the mud! Then John Henry gave one last mighty heave, setting the Diamond Joe afloat again. When John Henry climbed back aboard, the crew gathered all around him, cheering and clapping him on the back. Soon, the Diamond Joe pulled into port for repairs, and John Henry decided to wander around town until the boat was ready. He found himself on a high bluff, and looking down, he saw a group of men laying a new railroad track. Some men took turns hammering big steel rods into the rock to break it up and make a level bed for the ties. Other men carried heavy steel rails and placed them across the wooden ties. Then others took huge steel hammers and pounded steel spikes into the ties. Sparks flew as steel struck steel and the hammer strokes echoed through the air. The noise of those hammers sounded like church bells to John Henry. This is it, he cried. That's the work I was born to do. Work fit for a real man with a hammer in his hand. He raced down the bluff and asked the track foreman to give him a job. You ever done any steel driving before? The foreman asked, looking John Henry up and down. John Henry drew himself up. I was born with a hammer in my hand, he replied proudly. This works as natural to me as breathing is. Before the foreman could say no, John Henry reached down and took up a 12-pound hammer. Then he joined two men who were driving steel rods into the rock. The first man struck the rod with a clang. The second one followed. John Henry raised his hammer high. It seemed like he'd been holding his breath all his life waiting for this moment. Then he brought his hammer down with a mighty blow right on the head of that steel rod. With just one blow, John Henry sank that rod all the way down into the rock. The track foreman's mouth fell open. The men standing around swore. The sound of John Henry's mighty hammer stroke echoed through the mountains. You're hired, friend, the foreman shouted. I ain't never seen a man who could drive steel like you can. So John Henry became a steel-driving man. Soon, everybody up and down the railroad had heard about John Henry, for he was the best steel-driving man there ever was. Finally, he had found the work he was made for. Before long, John Henry found himself a wife, too. She was a slender, sweet-faced woman named Polly Ann, and he truly loved her. I found my road and I found my star, he told himself, and it don't seem like there's a thing left to wish for. Yet he still caught himself dreaming of doing something more, something extraordinary, though what that might be he couldn't say. One day, the head of the CNO Railroad sent one of his men to offer John Henry a new job. He had heard all about John Henry and his hammer. 
the CNO was building a railroad track through the Big Bend Mountain in West Virginia. It would be the longest railroad tunnel ever made, and they wanted John Henry to do their steel driving. When John Henry saw the Big Bend Mountain, he could hardly believe his eyes. It was the biggest mountain he'd ever seen. He knew that work would be difficult, but that didn't bother him. All he wanted was the hammer all day long and be the best steel driving man in the world. So he took the job. The head of the company was glad. He knew the work would be hard and dangerous, but if John Henry led the way, the other men would follow. Soon, work on the Big Bend Tunnel began. First, John Henry and his men drilled deep holes into the mountainside. Then other men, called the Powder Boys, stuffed the holes with dynamite and blew out the rock. So, the Big Bend Tunnel slowly began to take shape. Deeper and deeper into the dark mountain, the crew tunneled. But none of the men felt afraid, for they could always hear the sound of John Henry's hammer up ahead of them. It sounded like the beating of a strong, steady heart. Time to blast her out again, the crew boss said one day. The powder boys laid in the dynamite and lit the fuse. But as the fuse began burning down, the walls of the tunnel began to rumble and shake. It's a cave-in, the men shrieked. John Henry and his crew scrambled for cover, but there was nowhere to go. They were trapped. Meanwhile, the fuse was still burning closer and closer to the dynamite. Hold on, I'll pull her out, John Henry hollered, and he raced to the fuse. He had almost reached it when he tripped and fell. There was no time to get up again. Whop! John Henry threw his mighty hammer. It landed right on the burning fuse a split hair before it reached the dynamite. The flame sizzled out, and the men cautiously rose to their feet a bit shaken. They'd been saved by John Henry and his hammer. Ain't nothing John Henry can't do, his men boasted, and a few days later John Henry proved it again. That day, the crew was hard at work when they heard a strange noise. What's that, boss? asked John Henry's friend, Little Bill. I don't rightly know myself, replied John Henry. Just then, a big steel contraption came rumbling down the tunnel behind them, belching smoke and flames. This here's a steam drill, the man from the railroad office told the foreman and it can do more work than any 16 men combined. I don't know about that, the foreman answered. I got John Henry here, and he's mighty good. That's the truth, all right, put in Little Bill, speaking up for his friend. Ain't no machine in the world that can beat John Henry when his hammer's going strong. All the men cried, John Henry can beat that thing. Then John Henry looked at the machine and said, Yes, sir, I reckon I could. So the railroad boss said they should have a contest the very next day. John Henry and Little Bill against the new steam drill. The word quickly spread, and the next morning a thousand people gathered to see John Henry race against the new machine. Polly Ann was up in front in her best blue dress. Don't work yourself too hard, John Henry, she said. Don't worry, John Henry replied, kissing her for luck. You watch, Polly, I'm going to beat this thing. With the pistol shot, the race began. The machine screeched to life, and little Bill positioned his drill. Then John Henry swung his mighty hammer, and as his hammer struck Bill's drill, the air all around sang. Rattling and shaking, the machine blundered through the mountainside, and John Henry replied with stroke after mighty stroke. But it was no good. Through the sparks and smoke, little Bill could see the steam drill was pulling ahead. The race went on hour after hour, and John Henry kept going as fast as ever. 
but the machine kept going too. Sweat poured down John Henry's face, and the handle of his hammer and Little Bill's drill grew red hot. So Polly Ann poured cool jugs of water over them to keep them going, and on they went, with the steam drill just ahead. The sun began to sink in the sky, and in the dark tunnel, John Henry turned to Little Bill and sang out, The man ain't nothing but a man, and before I let this machine beat me, I'll die with a hammer in my hand. That steam drill's up ahead, but I'll keep swinging till I'm dead. And as this here hammer just won't do, go on, reach down and hand me two. Yeah, reach on down, little Bill. Yeah, reach on down and hand me two. So little Bill handed him two 20-pound hammers. And with one in either hand, John Henry started swinging. He swung those hammers so fast his arms became a blur. The rock crumbled and melted away before him. His great hammer strokes rang down the tunnel, and slowly John Henry and Little Bill began to pull even with the new steam drill. Finally, the men and the machine were neck and neck. Suddenly, the machine started to cough and wheeze. Just as John Henry and Little Bill pulled ahead, the steam drill started chugging and shaking. Then it choked and died. John Henry had won the race. But even then, he didn't stop. He just kept right on going. A few minutes later, there was a great splintering sound, and slivers of rock flew all around. Bright and golden light came pouring into the black tunnel. John Henry had broken through to the other side of the mountain. The Big Bend Tunnel was finished. John Henry stood there for a moment, staring at the last rays of the setting sun. Then, as the crowd started cheering wildly, he turned and waved at his friends. Polly Ann rushed towards him. But before she could hug him, John Henry stumbled and fell to his knees. Get him a doctor, the track foreman shouted, but John Henry shook his head. Then he looked up at his Polly Ann. I said that hammer was going to be the death of me one day, he whispered. Just make sure they write on my grave that I was a steel-driving man. And taking his Polly Ann's hand... John Henry breathed his last. The task had been too much for even his great heart, and so it was that John Henry passed away, still holding a hammer in his hand. Polly Ann had him buried right there at the mouth of the Big Bend Tunnel, and on his tombstone she had written just what he'd asked. Here lies a steel-driving man. Although John Henry is gone, you can still hear him and his hammer singing all across the land, Whenever you hear a train rolling across the wide countryside or howling through a dark tunnel, listen. Whenever you hear train wheels squealing against those big steel rails or a train whistle blowing at the midnight moon, listen, and you will hear the song of John Henry. The End John Henry was an American folk hero, and his story is legendary. Whether or not he actually existed is up for debate, but the story is entertaining and quite fun. It really challenges us to think about ourselves in light of John Henry's situation. I can relate to his desire to find work that resonates within him, finding something that he was made to do. I think we all look for this in our own lives. John Henry did not find what he was looking for right away. It was a lifelong search with many attempts at finding fulfillment before he eventually stumbled upon the railroad. Throughout his journey, John Henry was a good man. He saved the lives of many people and risked his own in the process. That's my biggest takeaway from this story. It's okay not to know what we want to be when we grow up, 
we're each going to try and find our own path in life. The thing that matters is that we never stop caring for other people as we seek out our own future. It would be a shame to find our calling in life only to look back and realize that we hurt other people in the process. So please don't forget what really matters, our relationships with other people. Work will come and go, and we may eventually find fulfillment in our work, but what lasts the longest are the relationships that we make along the way. If you enjoy these stories, please send me some feedback and give Storytime with Dad a positive rating. Also, if there's a story you want me to read, send me an email at hello at storytimewithdad.com or tweet me at dadstorytime. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.